Hi, everyone. We are so excited to share with all of you right now that we have opened our waitlist for the symposium with the tarot diagnosis. It's an online village library lounge that will allow us all to expand the conversations that we have on the podcast by including all of you who listen and engage with us on Instagram. We decided to create the symposium so that we could engage with all of you on a deeper, more meaningful level. We wanted a space that allows not only us to connect more to everyone else, but so that the members of our community could meet and connect with each other. We're currently working on building this magical, intellectual, and emotionally beautiful symposium space where we can invite all of you into your own cozy tarot and mental health community so that you can hang out with us, pull cards, learn and grow, and both give and receive support. So if you want to be a part of the symposium and join our cozy little village, head over to our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com, and click the symposium link to sign up to be on the waitlist. While you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter so that you get first access to episode releases, exciting updates, and exclusive tarot spreads. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Luna. So this episode this week is actually coming right on the heels of what we talked about last week, because last week we actually talked about this topic and we thought it was so good we would bring it up. We're going to talk about the idea of reparenting. And I'm really, um, I have to say, kind of smitten with this idea. I've been thinking about it a lot. I think it's very interesting. It's something that isn't really um, what I might call canon in our world. It's not something that uh, we see a lot in the papers about, like in the academic papers. But it's a term that's thrown around a lot in pop psychology. And actually, I think a really helpful uh, framework that we can all use uh, just for personal development. I really like the idea. I do too. I love that we're talking about it. And I think it's going to go hand in hand with the last episode that we talked about because we did bring up some themes of inner child work and reparenting and um, definitely will be a good supplement to an episode we did a couple months ago about inner child. But I think we definitely got to this point where we were like, reparenting probably deserves its own episode because there is a lot to say. I tend to do a ton of reparenting work in my own clinical work with clients. Um, not in maybe the way um, that is it's traditionally known, um, because it is it does have an interesting history. Uh, I don't know if you want to dive into that. I do want to dive into it. I think we should do cards first. But like I agree with you, it really comes right on the heels of inner child work. Also, self care work. Like the episode we did on yes. self care, I think, is important too. It is a fascinating topic in terms of what we can use it for, but also in terms of where it came from because it's a little. A little int- it's colorful. Let's say that it's colorful. Yeah, I, I like that you brought up the self care aspect because um, I think re- yeah, that's the heart of of reparenting is really just like learning how to to take care of yourself again as an adult. Absolutely. Shall we pull a card? Yeah, let's go for it. What deck are you using? I'm using Crow Tarot. Oh, okay. You can use that in a little while. No, it's uh, 
it always serves me well. And really it's the deck that was right next to me. So nice. How about you? Um, so I had trouble connecting with Tarot this morning. <laughs> um, I had three different decks out and I just like, wasn't feeling it. It was like, I was kind of bummed. <laughs> Um, but it was, it's just one of those days. I'm sure other people like understand where I was just like, I'm just not connecting. Um, so, but I'm just, I'm going with the standard tarot vintage. I felt like that was safe, comfortable option for me. I actually think that's wise. Just kind of go to like the classic when in doubt. Yeah, exactly. You know, as I pull the card, I also just kind of want to comment on what you just said. I think that, um, for those of us who do use tarot, like you just brought up a really interesting point in regards to like this topic that sometimes um, we're just off. And I think part of, of the concept of reparenting is learning how to manage when we're off because it's not a one size fits all solution. Sometimes we need to do this. Sometimes we need to do that. And I think that that's part of the process of reparenting is like understanding what it is that we might need and being able to make adjustments on the fly. Oh, totally. Also in alignment with like what you did during the episode last week where you were like, I messed up. I chose the wrong deck. I'm going to take care of myself and choose the correct one that fits me right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I hope that this one serves you well and we'll see what happens. So what did you pull? I pulled the star, which seems like, oh, oh yes, of course. <laughs> because you would. I, 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 I mean, I like that we talk about star a lot, actually. Um, I think that that's an appropriate card right here, because I really think that, um, to me, reparenting is um, about just kind of picking up on the blind spots. Like no matter how wonderful a person or self-actualized you are or like prepared you are to be a parent, I think that like it's sort of like a common joke that like you're going to mess something up. You're going to screw your kids up because it's sort of impossible to know everything. We parent with blinders on um, and some people more than others. And I think that the concept of reparenting is really about going back with kind of an understanding and acceptance, like my parents had their blinders on, they like did the best they could, or maybe they didn't, but like either way, it's my job to look in those blind spots and to fix the parts that weren't tended to properly. That's now my responsibility. But I think that that's what the star is about. It's about clarity and seeing things clearly. So I love this card for this topic. I mean, I think you just explained the whole episode. I think we're done. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's, that's exactly what reparenting is. Um, I just pulled the two of cups reversed. <laughs> so we're picking up where we left off last week. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah and there's two of cups again uh, showing up this time mm-hmm. reverse and it's, uh, so I'm sitting Brilliant. here and. Yeah, I pulled up because I'm not super proficient in reversals, and I know that you typically don't read them. I still like to read them. So I just opened up Bitty Tarot. They're really great for um, referencing card meanings, especially like quick reversals. And, totally and in reverse. Like. I love the way that, that yeah. they talk about reversals. Um, so Bitty Tarot says, uh, Two of Cups Reverse is all about self-love, <laughs> breakups, disharmony, and distrust, which is mm-hmm. very much, I think, in alignment with what we're going to talk about today. And interesting because this two of cups reverse, I feel like we can talk about in terms of kind of the type of therapy where reparenting was even 
developed from, which is schema therapy. And schema therapy has like five specific domains that now I'm looking at this two of cups reverse. And I'm like, oh, this kind of fits in with the five domains of schema therapy, which is abandonment, mistrust, emotional deprivation, defectiveness and shame and social isolation and alienation. So it's kind of like this two of cups reverse is basically just saying like, Hey, like you're on the right track talking about, you know, reparenting and looking at it from this like schematic approach. Um, because I think a lot of the reparenting that we need to focus on stems from issues of abandonment, mistrust, um, emotional deprivation, feeling shame, feeling isolated. I think you're so right. I mean, and I think two of cups is such an interesting card for this because like two of cups, we, we talk about all the time, um, just because we do, it, it's about relationship. It's about a give and a take and a, a parent child relationship or the relationship of parenting is, um, by its nature, not going to be even the way two of cups is supposed to represent an even part, like relationship or partnership. And the idea of Two of Cups reversed showing up in reparenting seems just so poetic to me. It's exactly right. It's figuring out the parts where the relationship didn't work as mm -hmm. well as it might have. I'm not even going to say should have. I'm going to go with might have. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, too, just as I think about, like, this Two of Cups reversed representing you know, for me, just kind of like where the concept of reparenting comes from. And I do want to touch on um, the way I use the concept of reparenting clinically is very much in terms of, hey, what did what needs did you not get met growing up that you need to get met now? And how can we how can we approach that in a way where it's like feasible and attainable with where you are in life right now? But where reparenting actually came from has kind of like a, a weird background. Do you want to talk about it? Because I feel like we should. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, I think we should talk about it just purely because it's a little bit entertaining. It is. Um, it's entertaining. I, I um, did some research. I mean, I can't find, again, like I can't find a lot of academic stuff about it. Um, it does seem like there used to be this idea of total regression, Mm -hmm. um, which yeah. I think goes back probably to like the seventies. And the idea was that you would go, the, the client or the patient would go and, um, be institutionalized and live with their therapist and would, um, kind of let themselves go back to a place of childhood and allow the therapist to step in the role as parent and kind of do it again, but better, based on what we know from the adult self. And, you know, this could go on for months, but the idea is like all of the parenting woes that happened in your childhood can be erased by allowing your therapist to step in and do it right this time. I think this is a terrible idea, by the way. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Awful. yeah. There's <laughs> even, there's even a history of going back and like pretending you're being reborn, yes. like actually like coming out of the birth canal. And, yes. you know, that's not how, how we approach reparenting. Right. <laughs> I think that there could be some boundary issues there, <laughs> some possible ethical concerns. Um, but yeah, so I think the way we approach reparenting is, is from a more um, autonomous lens. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you just said is right. I mean, I, we're going back to an episode we did on, on false gurus. Like, yes, oh, we haven't I, done an episode on that yet, but we talked about it. We did talk about it. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that level 
is highly inappropriate. This is my professional opinion, which like I'm allowed to have because I'm a professional and people can disagree with me and that's fine. But I think that it creates a real power dynamic. It's two of cups reverse. That is unhealthy. It puts the therapist in a role that I don't think is appropriate because what as I try to do in my practice is, as you said, give people autonomy so that they can do the work themselves so that they can feel um, safe and secure in the decisions that they make, that they don't need to check in with me. Oh, this is making me think too, because, you know, growing up, we view our caregivers and the, you know, just the, our parents, the people who care for us as kind of like the know all be all, like yes. they know exactly how I'm supposed to be, what I need, what I want. And that's not always accurate. A lot of times we have, like, that's the reason we need to focus on reparenting and therapy sometimes is because what our parents or our caregivers thought we need wasn't actually what we needed. So then we learn that the the needs that we actually have maybe are wrong. Maybe we don't trust ourselves or maybe we ignore the needs that we actually have or the wants or the desires because they weren't valued growing up. So it's really about like unlearning what we were taught growing up and learning to trust ourselves and trust our needs and, and allow ourselves to engage and indulge in some of those aspects of ourselves that we couldn't growing up. You know, the card that's coming forward to me right now is the Hierophant because, um, you know, like what you're saying is true. It's very difficult to even like, you can have conversations with full-blown adults, like adults in their fifties and their sixties who are talking about their parents and who logically understand that their parent was a human being who was perhaps deeply flawed and didn't make the right choices. But because you had that relationship as an infant of your parent being the one who provides for you and seems all knowing they do sort of take on this weird sort of like almost godlike role yeah. that is very difficult to emotionally step away from so that's where i think the role of the hierophant i i love the hierophant card so much because i like that it can be either or um it's Uh, reparenting is stepping from the place of being the person standing at the feet of the Hierophant learning to being able to step into the role of the Hierophant and the one who is knowledgeable and filled with wisdom. God, I love that so much. Um, So I laid out my cards, well, not all of them, but I kind of pulled a Luna. I laid out like (laughs) four or five cards that I was thinking about. Um, and this is making me think about the 10 of wands that I laid out and like the, the, in conjunction with the hierophant, but almost like the, the pressure to learn and unlearn and like Mm. how heavy that can be sometimes and how overwhelming it can feel because a lot of reparenting and therapy and self-growth, just overall healing is about unlearning instead of just learning. And I think it's important to to realize that too, because it's unlearning the negative way we view ourselves and maybe the unmet needs that we had, or, you know, the ways in which like our needs, our wants, our desires, you know, weren't met or like, you know, quirks that we had that weren't able to be fully um, embraced growing up. And then the learning aspect is learning how to indulge or honor or value those, which I think we can also tie into the Hierophant but I'm looking at this 10 of wands is almost like ugh, carrying these, these needs or wants that we have that we're not able to indulge or acknowledge because we haven't learned how to. I mean, I think there's a duality with what you just said. 
um, that the Ten of Wands, the wands could be um, the burden of the things that we have to unlearn or the uh, the old mistruths, not a word, but I'm going to use it from our childhood. I mean, alternatively, we could also look at Ten of Wands as the actual burdens of adulthood that yeah. can feel really overwhelming and feel like I just can't handle this because we haven't learned how to step into a place of confidence yet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That reminds me of like, so, so many of us who've been raised by narcissists, like mm-hmm. learned that our needs and our wants weren't a priority. <laughs> and that's exactly what you're saying. Like, how do we step into like making ourselves a priority? You know, because I think many of us to need or want something was not okay, you know, because we weren't what was most important. And, you know, as an adult, that's why like when people step into therapy and it's like, oh, you're codependent, <laughs> you know, because you're setting yourself on fire to keep other people warm. You're carrying all these 10 wands that don't necessarily belong to you or they do belong to you, but you feel like you're not allowed to carry them proudly. Actually, that's another way to view this card. Yeah. That might be more of a positive spin is how can we carry, how can we carry these wands more proudly and not viewing our own needs and wants or desires as burdensome? Because I think that's the biggest part of reparenting is learning how to celebrate those wands because I think so many of us and a lot of the clients that I see almost carry these wands as like a sense of internal shame, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I think working on reparenting is, is removing that shame. I mean, I, I think what you just said is exactly right. And I'm going to add on to it that it's also carrying the wands of the realities of the burdens that we have to carry. And instead of feeling shameful about the, the parts that hurt still, or the parts that still perhaps needs active work and reparenting, there's also this piece of feeling pride for being capable of managing Mm -hmm. it. Oh yeah. That's kind of where I tend to lean in my work is helping people develop a greater sense of confidence and pride. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I land with, with reparenting too. And it's interesting that we're talking about pride and like being proud and, and cause now I'm looking at this nine of cups that I have out and that's like exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this, this person looks so proud of these like nine cups. And it reminds me of like the work I do with clients when they do go through like inner child healing and, and reparenting, because it's almost like they get to sit there and like show off these nine cups and say, yeah, look what I did. I own this now. Like I, this is part of me and I indulge this and I honor it and I value it. And I, I allow myself to experience each of these cups when I wasn't allowed to before. I love that you just pulled this card into it because that's the card that I sort of like hadn't gotten in my head yet, but that's exactly Mm. the, that's the card is getting to a place of like nine of cups of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, look at me. I kind of want to go for a second to some of the theory, again, like the theory is very loose, but, um, if you kind of dive into this, you'll see certain words used over and over and over again. Some of the words that you see in terms of like, how do you reparent are Mm -hmm. discipline, joy, um, self-care and sometimes emotional regulation. Yeah. And I think that that list is really interesting and worth diving into, um, the duality of some of these things, like particularly like the discipline and the joy that this is part of what a lot of us need to go back and revisit. And so 
like nine of cups, that guy is super psyched about his nine cups. And you can tell, I mean, the way I read it, at least, is that he earned those cups. I don't think that that was like somebody handed it. Like, that's not the smile of somebody who just received a gift. That's the smile of somebody who's like, look at me. Right. And I think that that's the part of reparenting that's most challenging and most necessary is learning how to be kind to ourselves and nurture the parts that have been hurt while also holding our own selves accountable. I love that so much. And I actually just pulled out the eight of cups to go along with that because I feel like we need to talk about them both side by side just because of the story they tell, you know, because if we look at, I normally talk about eight of cups slightly differently, but the way I'm going to talk about them, eight of cups and nine of cups together makes sense because I feel like it's saying, Hey, as you go on this journey of reparenting, like it's not going to be easy. Like, look at this water, look at these icebergs, it looks like icebergs, <laughs> like it's going to like, you've got, you have this like staff that you have to walk with this walking stick, there's mountains in the distance. And then we see the moon too, you know, and the moon is, you know, an indication of, you know, st- things that are unknown and ambiguity is kind of the fuel of anxiety. And so giving yourself permission to say, this is going to be difficult. There are things that I'm not going to understand. I'm, I might stumble, um, but I need to go find that ninth cup. Because when you look at the eight of cups, like, you know, these eight cups are stacked up at their space, like one is missing. And I think that this card is a journey of like going to find that. And the nine of cups is kind of like the aftermath, like, okay, look at all this hard work I did. You know, now I get to carry around these nine cups and remind myself that, you know, I can take care of myself. But I think what the direction you're headed in, which is direction we need to head in, is how the hell do I do that? How, where do I go once I'm, once I'm in eight of cups? And then what happens between eight of cups and nine of cups? Because, you know, we see the beginning and then we see the end. But what does the journey look like? You know, I mean, like, I'm going to add on and like, this might get a little unwieldy, sorry. But <laughs> if, if you put the two cards in front of that, down also if you go six of cups seven of mm. cups eight and nine Oof. Oh my right God. I think what you just talked about with that sort of like what's the in-between what happens yeah. between eight of cups and nine of cups is brilliant right like that's the the meaty work that's the good work yeah. but before we get there there's the six of cups which gets like I think it's a card that absolutely has to come up today because it's all about childhood and nurturing the child But then also this stage of seven of cups of confused thinking or of imagining things or of wishing for things or of being fearful of things and then moving into eight of cups of being able to say, okay, I'm going to grab my walking stick and I got to go. I got to figure this out. That lineup is actually pretty stunning. It really is. I had no, I love, this is why I love doing this with you. We have no idea where these conversations are going to go. This is so cool. So I actually, I'm going to bring in another card in between the eight and nine of cups, but it's going to be eight of wands. (laughs) But I know that you and I have a very different relationship with this card. So I'm really, really curious how you feel about me sticking the eight of wands in between these two cards. Um, Because my perspective of it is, like this is progress, right? It's like kind of moving forward. And that's going to look different to everybody. This like this in between the eight, nine of cups, like how do I get there? And I think for me, looking at the eight of wands, it's basically allowing yourself to do and feel the things you weren't allowed to do growing up. I'm thinking about, um, 
I'll use an, uh, an example. So I was working with someone a while ago and, um, I love this example of reparenting so much. And it just, it reminds me of this eight of wands and this person was never allowed to really feel excited about things growing up and mm. was never, never allowed to really celebrate wins or new journeys or adventures. And they had moved to a new city and they were already in the midst of like working on reparenting and inner child work. So they already had a, a strong foundation and they came to a session once and they were like, this is so great. I drove around my new city with the windows down and I let my younger self enjoy everything that they would have enjoyed, but wouldn't have been able to growing up. I stopped at parks. I bought myself coffee. I window shopped. I went and saw a museum. I allowed myself to fully enjoy and be excited about this whole new city. Whereas growing up, it would have just been like, yeah, you're in a new city, get over it. And I feel like that's a, like a good representation of how you get from eight of cups to nine of cups, maybe via the eight of wands. <laughs> I have 10,000 things to say. Beautiful story. Okay, cool. Good. And I'm, I'm like excited. so happy for that person. Like that's like lovely. Um, and I think the way you just talked about eight of wands is so right. I think that like when you hear me talk about eight of wands, we talked about it last week. I oh, think cool. you hear I like the parts of me that, that are currently still in process of reparenting because I also think it's never done. Like parenting is a no. job that's never done and reparenting is a job that's never done. Right. And I mean, for eight, eight of wands for me feels like pressure. Yeah. It feels like I'm supposed to be doing something. So like mm -hmm. that's old, you know, but I'm working on it and I'm working on listening to you talk about it. And I'm working on uh, trying to not think of it as pressure, but thinking about it as like, I love the idea of connecting it to this concept of joy. Yeah. That goes back to what you brought in earlier too. Like what were the two concepts? Joy and discipline. Joy and oh. discipline. And that's, you just brought both of those into the eight of wands because mm -hmm. you were saying, I feel pressure. Like it's this thing I'm supposed to do. I feel like you could tie in discipline to that feeling of like, I'm supposed to do something. And then, you know, the joy being allowing yourself to, to be free and experience things in ways that you weren't allowed to. I mean, I think that that's exactly right. And I might, never look at eight of wands in the same way again, thanks, mm. uh, in a really positive way that I had sort of, and I think that everyone understands this as you have a relationship with tarot, like cards change for you and they yeah. deepen for you. And I think part of the process of growing and reparenting and, um, I don't know, going on your journey is in seeing more and more things that this could mean. For sure. I love that. Yeah. I mean, the more I look at this um, the, these four aspects, discipline, joy, emotional regulation, and self-care, the more just intrigued I am by that, that we need all of these things. And we do need to be able to have the flexibility of knowing it's sort of what I was saying earlier, that flexibility of knowing like, you know what, it's time to do your homework, or you have to make that phone call or write that email and you have to move quickly versus it's time to drop everything and go to the park and having the space of being able to do bat both and being able to have the wisdom of knowing which one is the right thing to do and the confidence of like, yeah, you know what? I'm fine. I'm going to the park or so. Yeah. Okay. Or no, you know what? I have to hold myself accountable. I have to write this email. Okay. Yeah. I, I just pulled a card and I'm like, oh, Luna's talking about this. I just pulled Knight of Pentacles. Oh, that's exactly what you're saying. Yes. You yes. know, it's like, you, 
what is this balance between, you know, putting in the work to to do something exciting and, and joyful versus the other aspect of reparenting, which could be as simple as making sure you brush your teeth at night mm-hmm. or make yourself breakfast in the morning. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe you were someone who always had to skip breakfast. And so your form of reparenting is making sure that you eat breakfast every morning. That's one of those kind of seemingly mundane tasks that we wouldn't consider, you know, because I'm, I think I'm sitting here looking at my eight of wands still thinking like, yeah, like go out and do all the things that, you know, you weren't allowed to do growing up because they weren't celebrated. But the reality of reparenting is that it's not always that like fast paced movement or this like, you know, treacherous climb and and search of of eight of cups. It could be, I'm going to go do laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm out of underwear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I could go to Target and buy more. I mean, I'm an adult. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or I could just, you know, go down to the basement and do the laundry, even though I don't like it down there. It's really interesting. So earlier when I said that I was struggling connecting with some of my, my tarot decks, I, and I was just kind of like shuffling and pulling cards, just trying to feel like inspired for the episode. And I kept pulling pentacles. Yes. And I didn't really understand like what that meant. And out of all three decks, I pulled Knight of Pentacles, like out of all of them. And so I'm sitting here and I just like picked up my deck and just cut it in the middle. And I was like, oh, there's Knight of Pentacles. I guess I should talk about this. (laughs) But it is a card that kept coming up and I I couldn't quite make sense of it. But it, it does make sense now. It totally does. I'm actually glad you're bringing knights into it because I think that um, if I were listening to this episode at home, I'd be like, well, what shall I do with this? I mean, yes. and I think that the knights, all four of the knights, or depending on like uh, like where you might be stuck, if you're, if you're stuck a little bit younger, use pages um, yes. or use knights. But I think it's really interesting to lay the four cards down and to think about that stage of your life, either uh, being more in childhood or more in adolescence. And looking at them and be like, okay, well, did I actually scratch all the itches that needed to be scratched during that developmental stage? Was mm-hmm. I allowed to be, I have them lined up, uh, swords, wands, pentacles, cups right now. So like, was I allowed to be, to speak my mind? Was I allowed to be adventurous? Was I taught self-discipline? And was there room for me to be at times overly emotional? And like, those are great questions to ask yourself. And then you can kind of go back and be like, huh, maybe I got some messaging there, either either externally or internally, even, or society, or maybe it was my mom. Mm -hmm. But I'm the adult now, I can go back and I can reteach myself these lessons or give myself room to explore what I didn't have the opportunity to explore in my youth. Yeah. And just asking yourself, what do I wish my caregiver had done differently? I think that that question is a a fair question. And I kind of like heard the guilt bell ring. Mm. No matter, like your parent can have been wonderful and still not done everything right. I guarantee you, even if you had a parent, wonderful parent, they didn't do everything. I mean, like I'm in the throes of this right now. It is like, I have a 15 and a 16 year old and we are in the middle of discovering some places where I misstepped. And God knows I tried. I mean, mm-hmm. I read every parenting book long before I was a parent. I exactly. like worked with kids from the time I was 12 years old. Like I was prepared and I have tried. I didn't do it right. 
not all the time. I mess some things up. Every parent does. Yeah, and I think that's where it's so interesting because I feel like this has been all of my sessions this week. I've been doing so much of this. And a session I had recently was on that very thing that you're talking about, except on the other end of the spectrum where it's, you know, it was the the child who was like, I can't believe they didn't do this thing or they didn't yeah. know this thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, but now what are you going to do with that information? So let's figure out what what these next steps are. What is Knight of Pentacles look for you? Like now that you have this information, like how do we change the day to day? What do you need? Yeah. And I think what you just brought up is really important too. Like what I said is true and what you said is true. And it depends on the person because like that is kind Mm -hmm. of it's mind boggling to have the realization that your parent did something incredibly harmful and stupid. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's tough because growing up, we look at these, these people as they are, you know, often immortal. We feel like they're immortal. We feel like they are always in control. And I've been, I've been having this conversation a lot too, in terms of just like the state of the world that we're in, where it's like, you know, I've been seeing so much more intense depression with teenagers these days. And I think it's because, you know, they're seeing the state of the world that we live in and realizing that the adults around them (laughs) aren't able to protect them in ways that they thought they could. And that's a really unsettling feeling to have as a child, to know that we are not completely protected no matter who our parents, our caregivers are. And that's difficult, not only for the child to understand and figure out at a young age, but also for the parents and the caregivers out there to know that no matter what I do, I'm going to fuck up Mm -hmm. and I'm not always going to keep my child safe or do the best thing I can for them because we are all flawed. None of us know what the hell we're doing all the time. Yeah. It feels crappy. I got to tell you. Um, But I mean, it also, I mean, like, I'll put the sun on it for a second. But when you do it right, and when you have a win, and when you can fix mistakes, this is like the conversation last week, like you can, as a parent, you're definitely made making mistakes. And I think that this is what we want from our parents, people who are doing like reparenting work, they want their parents to be able to acknowledge the mistakes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that goes really far. If a parent can be like, you know what, you know, I loved you. You know, I tried. I made a mistake. It wasn't intentional. I'm so sorry. I did the best I could. That goes so far. And so many people are craving that. And, you know, frankly, we'll never get it. I know. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, reparenting is how, how, what do you do with that information? Knowing you might never get that I'm sorry. You know, what's coming up for me, I pulled two cards like a few minutes ago and they're just sitting here in front of me. Um, I pulled the Empress and the Emperor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to admit, I find that I don't post these cards very often. And when I do, I actually get a little nervous because I feel like there's a lot of hostility towards these cards. It feels like when they show up, people don't like them. And Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to what you're saying, that we, so many people and particularly young people right now, we see it in teens a lot. You're right. Like COVID really like did a number on teens. It's Mm -hmm. like a hot mess. Um, there's a lot of anger at the idea of like the parents didn't do a good job. Yeah. And so I kind of want to ask, um, 
I really, I'm not kidding. I see a lot of like hostility towards these cards when they're posted. Definitely. How can it shows the pain that's out there? It totally shows the pain. Are these cards that we could work with to Mm -hmm. try to reestablish a relationship with the archetypes? Oh yeah. The archetypes exist for a reason. How can we have a healthy relationship with them? Oh my gosh. I, this is so, I love when the universe works this way. Like it was like two or three nights ago, I was scrolling through TikTok as I do. It's a problem. Um, and I saw this video actually, I po- oh, I posted it on my, my personal tarot page on my story. And it literally just like stopped me in my tracks. It was this person who said I was not prepared for the part of healing where I wanted to hug my father's inner child. Oh. And I was just like, oh, because oh. I, I know what that feeling is like, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not something that's spoken about enough. And it's such an incredible moment when you get there. And I mean, I remember exactly when I got to that, that point and the, like the point of like healing, you know, it's just so powerful. And I, I mean, I'm not there with my mom yet, but you know, <laughs> I'll get there one day. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do work on that Empress card, but, um, you're so right. And it's, there's, I mean, this is kind of like, I guess getting into maybe too much of the therapy zone. <laughs> um, but you know, if this is something you're struggling with and you're listening and you're in therapy, um, this is totally worth bringing up and doing some, some work around because, I can't tell you how freeing it is when you get to that point where you can say, okay, like that's what happened. I know why. And I'm going to do what I can for myself moving forward. Yeah. Because uh, like, I'm like a little choked up, but the, I think what's so powerful about this is if we can step into that role of being able to want to, you know, hug our our father's inner child and getting to that place of understanding, then we actually step into the role that, that we wasn't fulfilled for us. So in that moment, that person is actually embodying both the emperor and the empress, Mm -hmm. because that's, um, that place of like, I can be the adult here. Yeah. And releasing yeah. the anger of like, why did I have to be the adult here? Oh, right. I still can be. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think we all we all have these like basic needs and desires to feel safe and to feel loved and cared for and seen. And, you know, we we rely on our caregivers and our parents to, to be that for us. And when they can't, it's incredibly unsettling. And so to think of getting to that point where you could even picture you hugging your, your father's inner child might seem so far away and so uncomfortable. And I think that is something, I mean, it's years, it -hmm. can take years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been doing this like my own personal work for probably like 10 or 12 years at this point. So I think being patient with yourself is important too, when you're, when you're reparenting, because you know, you said earlier, you know, parenting never stops and reparenting never stops. And that's true. You can't undo and relearn, you know, however old you are that many years worth of reparenting, you know, in, in a couple hours. No, because I mean, like, what's interesting about it is that it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, like I might start talking in circles on this one, but I think it is interesting. You know, parenting never stops. Like when you are 
eight, you need a parent. When you're 18, you need a parent. But when you're 28 and when you're 38 and when you're 48, you still kind of need a parent, you know, like when you get like, I don't know, actually, I haven't gotten to like 58 yet or 68. I'm not sure like when that part gets, if it gets quieter, if it ever does, I'm not even sure. But I do know that like part of my personal reparenting is me needing to sort of almost step into a grandmother role for myself, for what I did for my kids when I was like 35 and the places where like I was the mother, but I also still could have used a little bit more guidance in some places. I could have used a mother figure for my mother figure. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So it Um, just keeps going. So interesting. Yeah, it does. I'm thinking about, so something that I talk about a lot with my clients and myself and on, on the podcast and just on Instagram is going out and seeking that in other people. So I'm thinking of like the Empress card, like you're talking about and the queen of pentacles. I go out and like, I seek that out. And I had a therapist who was doing a lot of inner child work with me years and years ago, recommend that. And it's been like so fulfilling, not and knowing that these people like aren't my parents, but I'm able to get my needs met that I wasn't able to get from my parents from these, from these people, you know, they could be, you know, older mentors. I talk about, um, my miss Jane all the time. Um, you know, she's in her seventies, but you know, she treats me like I, if I were her daughter. Um, and it's so rewarding to be able to have someone like that. Um, old, like when you're, you know, late, later in life, if you weren't given the opportunity to, to have that kind of caring mother figure, father figure growing up, it doesn't mean that you'll never get it. You have to allow yourself the opportunity to find it. I mean, I, and I'm going to circle back on it again. I think that that's exactly right. And I think that there's two ways to, um, heal some of this and to reparent. And one is by finding, you know, (laughs) your your queen of wands, um, or your queen of pentacles. Yeah. For me, it's Queen of Wands. Yeah. Um, another way is to be that person. Yeah. And I think that there's so much, I just sort of don't want to undervalue the power in your own ability to self-regulate and yeah. to learn how to kind of talk yourself through it and sort of say like, okay, that was really hard. And it's really understandable that you're scared, but you know, like, how are we going to handle this? What are we going to do next? Um, it's like what I said last week on the episode, are you hurt? Are you scared? Or are you both being Mm -hmm. able to have that conversation with yourself? Yeah. And that's one thing, like, as I looked at reparenting stuff, I, there were so many articles that was like, here's what you should do. Take a bath, take a walk in nature (laughs) journal, which I think we're all sick to death of being told that I should go for a hike and take a bubble bath and then journal (laughs) about it. And like, then all my problems are going to be fixed. No, part of it is like, holding yourself accountable to sit down and be like, you actually have to look at your bank account Mm -hmm. and that you feel better after you do. Right. I just pulled the fool. Oh, totally. I was thinking of the fool earlier. Yes. Were you? Yes. What were you thinking about? Just, I mean, how this is the fool's journey. This is like what we're doing when you incarnate as as a human. This is what happens. Yeah. It's unavoidable. You know, and I'm thinking too about, oh, the, I've been, I've been loving the fool more and more lately. And (laughs) I feel like maybe we can do this on the symposium. This might be fun to have these topics like we're discussing now, but literally go through like the fool's journey, like Mm -hmm. from start to finish based on these topics, because I feel like, you know, 
the full is representing, okay, like I'm about to go on this whole new journey of reparenting myself. But the other aspect of the full too is how will I be reinvented in the process? Yes. And then how many times am I going to reinvent myself based on the phase of life that I'm in and the reparenting that needs to happen during that time? Because I think that's another component that we we haven't talked about too much is like wherever you are in life right now, whatever reparenting you need is probably going to be a lot different than the reparenting you're going to need in 10 years. And to be flexible and to know that that's okay. It doesn't mean you've regressed. It just means you're at a different time in your life and you need different things. I mean, I think what you just said is exactly right. That's the whole thing. And I think that that's where I kind of like get like, like crappy about the take a bubble bath and walk in nature and you're going to be fine. Right. You know, because like you are going to be fine and you have to work for being fine every step along the way. Mm-hmm. And the job is to be the fool. Yeah, you got to yeah. keep walking and you have to keep doing it. And it continues to, you are walking right on the edge of the cliff the whole time. But you should also be a little joyful about that. Hold a little flower, look up at the sky, while also just kind of being aware that you don't want to slip. Oh, yeah. it remind, That reminds me of, I don't know what I was reading. Something came up and it was talking about like depression or something. And it was, someone was saying, I don't always tell people to have a good day because sometimes they can't just have a day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah. Cause sometimes like on the fool's journey, like, you know, eventually that flower's going to die or you're going to lose it. <laughs> um, or the clouds are going to hide the sun. That doesn't mean that your work is done or that, you know, you have to, I don't know, call, call it a day, just have a day. <laughs> I like that so much. Yeah. You know, the card that just jumped out at me is temperance, because I think that um, it's actually a great representation of what it is to reparent. Um, and please notice that in the card, it's not like this angel has kind of like figured out how to get the cups even and then put the cups down. And it's like, OK, we got it all done. It's constantly pouring this liquid back and forth between these two cups. And that's what you're talking about now is that it's always readjusting. It's always seeking balance mm-hmm. while also always being slightly out of balance. That's really the fool's journey. Yeah. Just like kind of trying to find like, what is contentment? Because I think we can use balance and contentment interchangeably. Um, because you also have to remember to have realistic and attainable goals and expectations for yourself throughout this reparenting journey. It's not always going to feel miraculous and you're going to have an epiphany all the time. Sometimes it is just like, okay, how do I pour back and forth to where I just feel stable? Right. Well, I mean, and I guess I'm going to glimpse that a little bit. Like, you know, and anyone who follows Instagram has sort of seen me say, like, I've had a rough patch recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, (laughs) in a way that's at this point, slightly comical. It is like literally like one thing after another, and it hasn't stopped Mm -hmm. for weeks. And it is interesting to um, have kind of upward spiraled and fool's journeyed long enough to know that I can kind of look at this this season and sort of say, okay, I'm in dumpster fire season. (laughs) I really am. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but I've done dumpster fire season before. And I know that at the end, I not only am I okay, I'm actually better for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that knowledge, that sort of part of my own personal reparenting process is learning that like a dumpster fire is not the end of the story. 
that it actually is a way of improving. But I think that I had to kind of go through a couple seasons like that before I could get there and frankly have had to talk myself through it the whole time. But I'm glad for that. And that's exactly the process of reparenting too. Yeah, absolutely. Is learning how to kind of say, okay, here we go. It's going to be all right. One foot in front of the other. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.